This episode of the Best Seeds Podcast is presented by LA Wine Fest. For tickets and information, go to LAWineFest.com. This episode of the Best Seeds Podcast is brought to you by, well, you. To learn how you can support the show, go to thebestseats.com slash Patreon. Once there, you'll learn how you can get early access to shows, ad-free listening, the ability to submit questions, comments, concerns, and more. Once again, that's thebestseats.com slash Patreon. But enough of that. On to the show. What's up, everybody? Hello and welcome to the first ever episode 85 of the Best Seats Podcast, the only podcast bringing you interviews with some of the most talented people in and around the hospitality community from right here in Orange County to the rest of Southern California and beyond each and every episode. As always, I'm your host, Croft McCarthy, founder and principal of The Best Seats. Thank you, as always, to my friend, Allie Coyle, who provides the music for the show. You can find more of her work at AllieCoyleMusic.com. As a reminder, if you enjoy the show, please be sure to leave a rating and or a review wherever you are listening to it. It helps other folks discover it, share it on social, et cetera, et cetera. You can go to TheBestSeats.com for more content just like this. And do not forget that you can always get early ad-free listening a week before the public by going to Patreon.com forward slash TheBestSeats and signing up at a monthly amount that makes the most sense to you. That is also where you would get the exclusive post show that we have been doing since the start of 2022. There are some really, really fun ones. I want to say we're at like 10 or 13, somewhere in that range at this point. I don't remember, but they're all fun and they're all good. Uh, first and foremost, sorry if I sound a little raspier than usual. I have been fighting off a cold this past week. Uh, luckily, that cold did not affect my podcast, but obviously the intro and the outro, I record after the fact. And so if I'm a little raspy, I do apologize for that. But enough about my voice. I want to talk about my guest for episode 85, and that is Joel Quigley, the Director of Communications for Lloyd Sellers and Prescription Vineyards. Now, I jumped on a Zoom call with Lloyd um, after touching base through a mutual connection Basically, Dana Point Wine Festival is coming up, depending on when you're listening to this. It may be just a couple of days away. It may have already happened. Um, but both of the wineries that he now works with, which he joined in 2020, are going to be pouring at that event. I wanted to reach out and kind of learn a bit more about it. But I wanted to specifically kind of talk with Joel because for 30 years, he has been working in the wine and kind of entertainment area. Um, he's responsible for the chefs without hats tour, which is featured in food and wine magazine, uh, brought by like American express. He's done stuff that has been featured in L magazine. He was one of the people, if you want to dig back who worked with wine brats, um, this major, major group of kind of multimedia award-winning basically what kind of really helped push wine to kind of mainstream media and events. And when I say events specifically with Lloyd and prescription, Working with Rob Lloyd, a very, very famous winemaker, you no doubt know some of the wines that he's made previously. It's the way that they do events and the way that they get the wine in front of people that I found so interesting. They're not just doing kind of on-prem tastings so much as they're doing activations. They're going to different cities on kind of this tour where they're doing all these different programs that he's going to go over in the podcast itself, but it's a really, really creative and interesting way of getting a product out there. It's one thing for brands to do activations. It's another thing to kind of do something on the side of maybe a food and wine event. But the way that they're doing them is super, super interesting. Um, the expertise that he brings, his experience, 
talking about Lloyd and prescription. I just found wildly, wildly entertaining. I'm super, super thankful for him for taking the time. That is enough talking about me, though, because you don't need to hear me anymore. You need to hear my guest, Joel Quigley, Director of Communications for Lloyd Sellers and Prescription Vineyards. Enjoy. Joel, thank you so much for taking the time to sit down today. I'm so happy that we were able to hop on a, uh, a Zoom call to get this recorded. I'm very, very excited to talk about everything that you guys have going on with the wineries, your winemaker, um, and the very, very large tour that we're going to dive yeah. into. But before we got to dive into the rest of that, which <laughs> VIP pass is ready. I know it's an audio podcast, but man, you came prepared. Uh, <laughs> would you mind diving in and introducing yourself and giving a little bit of your background to everybody? Yeah, yeah. I've been in the wine business for about 30 years. And uh, if some people remember uh, way back in the day, I got into the business. Uh, I, I I was a writer and doing a lot of business writing. And um, I fell in love with wine. I had some friends who were actually like the seller masters at the California State Wine Competition. And uh, so they got paid in money and wine. And uh, so I was in my later 20s. And uh, all of a sudden, uh, I had friends who were bringing over all kinds of really good wine. And uh, so I, I fell in love with wine. And I thought, well, if, if I'm going to be writing, why don't I start, uh, you know, pursuing the wine business? And at that time, there was a, the, the beginning of an organization uh, uh, that was uh, – it started off as really more of a philosophical idea uh, from uh, John Sebastiani, Jeff Bunchu, and Mike San Giacomo. And uh, they had gone off to college. And of course, they grew up in wine families and Sonoma County. And, you know, wine wasn't a big deal. It was just part of life. And when they went off to college, when they would bring a bottle of wine to a party or something, everybody would be like, oh, the wine guys are here. And, <laughs> and uh, they, they were like, wait a minute. This is what we're inheriting. People are afraid of our product. Um, and so uh, they started speaking up after they got home. And uh, and then somebody tagged them, uh, tagged them with the, the name Wine Brats as a joke. And, uh, and it kind of stuck. And, uh, and then um, they had a lot of people contacting and saying, you know, yeah, this is not a good situation. And so they put out a call and said, hey, you know, who wants to uh, talk about this issue? And then everybody said, well, all these younger people said, well, I want to be a wine brat. You know, we need to fix this problem. And uh, I started going to meetings. And the next thing you know, uh, uh, the thing kind of blew up. It got industry funding. I became the executive director. And uh, the Wine Brats grew into an organization with uh, 45,000 members, 27 chapters, and producing over 300 events a year nationally. Um, and then I created uh, and produced tours with Elle uh, Magazine and Universal Music, and then Food and Wine Magazine, American Express, which that was the Chefs Without Hats tour. And uh, all of that stuff just really blew up. And the organization ran for about 10 years. And, uh, and then after that, um, I went to work for Paige Polis Communications. And Paige uh, was, uh, well, is a very brilliant woman. And she was kind of the queen of PR for many years. And I worked there. Uh, and then I launched my own uh, agency, Creative Furnace. 
um, when they decided Paige and uh, uh, decided to retire. And, uh, and I did that for quite a few years and I still have creative furnace. I mean, this is my office here. Um, and that's really, I, 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 I kept events and programs that, that I produced or worked with. Um, and so that gives me the opportunity um, because now I work for Lloyd Sellers and Prescription Vineyards uh, and the, the Lloyds, Rob and Bonnie Lloyd. And uh, that allows us to uh, bring our brands into those, those events. Um, and one of those is uh, Muse Expo, uh, the United Nations of Music and Media in Hollywood, uh, thank God after two years of uh, being canceled because of COVID, uh, it was back this year, last month. And uh, I've been doing that and working with a Worldwide, the producers of that, for 18 years now. Wow. And, yeah, it's uh, – so that's kind of where I've, you know uh, – come through my career. I also spent seven and a half years working for uh, Jessup Sellers and Handwritten Wines, mm-hmm. which Rob Lloyd makes the wines for. And we actually have a shared production facility. So um, I just kind of moved over from what they call the Good Life Wine Collective over to uh, Rob and Bonnie's uh, labels, Lloyd Sellers and Prescription Vineyards. So, and we're having a blast. <laughs> well, I was going to say, because I, I do want to talk about those because anybody who's listened to this at all and anybody who kind of knows wine is going to know Rob's name. They're going to recognize him from work he's done in the past with some very major labels. Moving on now with Lloyd and Prescription, when did you join up with them? Uh, gosh, I'm getting close to two years. So 20, um, 2020, very calm year. Not much happened. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the amazing thing is, is that uh, Lloyd Sellers, the, the, that label really was built on on uh, Rob's reputation as a winemaker. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so for many years, the growth and everything was all organic. Um, but, you know, then it, there always comes that time where it's like, okay, you know, now it's time and we, we need to implement marketing programs. We need to get out in the market. We don't operate a tasting room. So for us, um, getting out, getting in the market, and again, you know, producing national tours and things like that is kind of one of my expertises. And um, so that's what we're doing. And so the nice thing is the pandemic kind of gave us time to build out our plan yeah. and our strategies uh, and build a marketing department, which is me. And um, uh, yeah, we're, we're basically like four people run this company and it's pretty amazing. Well, so, I mean, so um, many times with events, by the time you're actually producing the event and the event is actually on, you're already well into planning the next one. There is no downtime. There is no breathing room. Most oh. people that show up to a major event like that, they're like, oh, this is going great. Aren't you enjoying it? You're like, no, we're already halfway planning the next one. So I have to imagine that actually in the case of what you do and the way that prescription was trying to hit the market, not having a tasting room, which was a good thing, I guess, given everything being shut down. It was good. What was that process like to come in and be like, whoa, not only can I breathe, but I actually have time. Now, there were obviously a lot of uncertainties, but how sure. did you how did you approach that time period, given your background? Well, uh, I am blessed with uh, a lot of wonderful friends in the business around the country. And a lot of those relationships were forged in, in the years of the wine brats. And so um, and many of the chapter leaders uh, went into the business. So, um, you know, that, that existing network, um, 
really bounced back immediately. So I looked at the key markets that uh, we were in. And the nice thing is, is that we have uh, a decent distribution network um, and, uh, you know, focusing on the markets where we're already in uh, that, that kind of created a clear path of where to go and where to do the work. And, um, and then those relationships we have and, um, and then, then of course, doing the research, where are the opportunities, that kind of thing. And um, so it was kind of, uh, you know, you bring together these, these concepts and where you're at and, and they kind of come together and you look at those opportunities and, um, and the other thing was for us is we did get back in market uh, last fall. And, um, and it was nuts because all the events kept moving. So like, yeah. the, you know, the August events and the September events got moved to October and others got moved into November. So we had from last year, from mid-October to up to Thanksgiving, uh, it was crazy. It was, uh, it was like so many events compressed into a six week period. Um, it was like being on uh, being in a rock and roll band and on tour. <laughs> <It was> like, <laughs> well, we should relentless. mention, I mean, when you're talking about events, elaborate on the events themselves. I mean, what, what can people yeah. kind of expect from one of these events? And obviously they change a little bit time to time. Like you're still talking, unfortunately we're still kind of changing time to time. Pretty much everybody's open at this point and things are yeah. relatively kind of quote unquote back to whatever normal is, but what yeah. are the events per se? Well, let's take like uh, last year. Um, so one of the cool things that we do is, yeah, we'll go into like Austin Food and Wine Festival, mm -hmm. which is fantastic. Last year, they moved it from August to November, and now they're keeping it in November. Well, which yeah, I, August, I, uh, August drink. in Texas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So drinking wine in November when it's 74 degrees in Austin, Texas is uh, a lot more conducive to uh, the enjoyment of wine. Mm -hmm. And, and I love it that they kept that date. Uh, but what we do is we have, um, we have three signature events. So when we go into a major market uh, for a big event, uh, as something as awesome as Austin food and wine festival, uh, we produce satellite events around that. And, and they're our own events. So, you can see the the banner behind me, uh, um, Prescription Vineyards Friday Eve Live. Yeah. So that's jumpstart your weekend with wine and music. So Friday Eve is Thursday night. Mm -hmm. And uh, we decided to kind of take that thing that people started calling Thursday nights, Friday Eve. And uh, <clears throat> we kind of jumped on that because Thursday nights are a great time to, to do events. Yeah, like a pre-weekend activation, just kind of get everybody's juices flowing, ready for it. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So, um, and then we also, you know, Bonnie Lloyd came from the world of fashion. And if you look at the, uh, the Lloyd label, it has that, that inspiration. Um, and she's definitely a creative force uh, behind the, uh, the labels and all um, for our brands. And um, so we have another event called um, uh, ferments and fashion. Uh, so those are uh, fashion trunk shows with DJs and wine tasting. Love it. Super yeah. fun. Do those like in loft spaces um, and that, that, and then we have uh, a third signature event called art of the sip. And we do those in art galleries. And uh, again, I bring in DJs for that. Um, and, and that's, that's a fantastic scene. So um, 
like last year, we did um, Art of the Sip uh, in partnership with San Antonio Current. And uh, we did a really awesome uh, gallery in San Antonio, Texas. Uh, you know, we had a great, great DJ who's also a, an amazing singer. And, uh, and then, of course, then we went and we did an event, uh, a, a big music event at South Congress Hotel. And then finally wrapped up, you know, for two days at the, um, at the Austin Food and Wine Festival. So that's kind of the concept of how we do. So when we go into market, uh, we're doing like back to back to back to back events. Yeah. So, you know, my schedule is because again, I've been doing this long enough, kind of know how to manage it and not burn, you know, yeah, get the complete burnout. burnout from it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm going in to, into these markets like once a month mm-hmm. and yeah, I'm going in for anywhere from three to five days. Uh, but then I'm, I'm home and I'm working and I'm with my family, which, yeah. uh, you know, matters a lot. Well, we mentioned Texas for these past events that you used in examples, obviously, it, it, regardless of anybody's politics on it, Texas was one of the first states to really open. Um, I did work out in Texas, even in late 2020, things like that. We mentioned those for the most recent activations that you guys have done. What other markets are you hitting with these? I mean, you're, it, it's not just Texas. I'm assuming you're getting this wine in front of as many eyes as possible. How many different kind of markets would you hit in a given calendar year? Well, right now, this year, is uh, it's now 34 events in uh, 18 cities. That is, that's uh, That's a lot. Yeah, it's it's a lot, but it's also like, again, you know, I'm going into Texas for a week and Mm -hmm. I'm going into San Antonio and I'm going into Austin. Uh, We're doing multiple events. Uh, We're also um, sponsoring Tampa Bay Restaurant Week uh, again this year. That was actually, you know, when there was that dip in COVID cases. Yeah. in, in summer, we actually, we went in and spun a Tampa Bay restaurant week happens in June. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we did that. And then, then that's when the, the gap came back and everything got pushed into the fall. Um, but, um, you know, that, that was important. We also, this year we kicked off with South beach, uh, food and wine festival. Yeah. That's a massive and, one. Uh, man, that was fantastic. And we had beautiful weather the whole time. And uh, one of the cool things is, is uh, they do so many satellite events around the big beach tastings and stuff. And uh, we were the exclusive sponsors for Chef Michael Simon's uh, steak and whiskey event. Sounds and like a, yeah, we, it sounds like a terrible time. Yeah, it was, it was terrible. There were 20 <laughs> chefs all, all doing their, their meat. And uh, I would say 70% of them were all doing Wagyu beef, you know, it was just yeah, like that crazy. Awesome. Yeah. And um, we did, uh, we have this new thing that we launched there called the steak and Chardonnay challenge. And, uh, and it, it's a, it was a big hit. And so now I'm going to be doing that in markets around the country. So basically our premise here is that, uh, um, Prescription Chardonnay and, and also Lloyd Chardonnay have really nice acidity. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't realize it, even though the Italians have been drinking white wine with steak for hundreds of years. Uh, maybe here in the States, it's not really, aren't, aren't, there's, there's not this awareness. So um, because our Chardonnay has nice acidity, it's really wonderful with a steak because it cuts the fat and cleanses the palate. And also we our, our wines are, are lush and complex. And um, so that's, 
that lusciousness stands up to the texture of the meat. So, um, you know, I, and I compare it to this. We have a really wonderful prescription, Alexander Valley uh, Chardonnay, that comes from 1,700 feet above the valley floor. And uh, we don't make a lot of it, but it's an, an amazing uh, um, value because it's only a, a mountain Cabernet from Alexander Valley for $30 a bottle. Yeah. And you know, most are like 55 to 125 bucks a bottle. Yeah. Um, but the, well, the way I would compare it to is that, you know, when you're having Cabernet with a steak, it's almost like a complimentary sauce, right? And and that's kind of the way it works. And that's wonderful too. Um, and my best analogy for our Chardonnay with steak, it's almost like when you're eating sushi and you're cleansing your palate with uh, ginger in between bites, that you get this yin and yang kind of thing going on. Right. And, um, and it blows people's minds. And so, um, uh, yeah, the steak and Chardonnay challenge is going to be going on. Uh, we worked with this fantastic, uh, Instagram influencer out of Chicago, Gina Gabero. And, uh, she's, she's a, she's a trained chef. Uh, she's a recipe developer and she's also a fantastic photographer. So we work with her on stuff. So I, I, gave her the kind of the, you know, the whole Italian thing, especially in Northern Italy, you know, they, they finish off their steaks with a a little uh, drizzle of lemon Mm -hmm. and a sprinkle of sea salt, you know, and, and that's kind of that tradition. And that really makes it pop with the Chardonnay. And so she, she went off the basis, that historical basis of that and developed a recipe for us. And, uh, and in fact, actually we were just down speaking of Muse Expo, we were down there and our, our good friend, uh, chef Frank Miller, uh, he did, he did, uh, past appetizers, a little skewer, uh, with these nice bites of, uh, a New York cut. And, uh, so you'd take that little bite and then you'd sip our Chardonnay. And, um, and again, it's just the response from people is like really pretty big and uh, we mostly get wow out of people and I, i'm all for breaking the stereotype of that this wine has to go with this or you can't have yeah. bread with fish or things like that i'm all for breaking that stereotype 100 well, yeah. I, I... well it's time for a little commercial yeah it's all too common that the best seats receives messages asking for recommendations Where to go to lunch? Where's the best happy hour? Where should I get dinner? How should I spend my weekend? Well, one of the best ways that I can think of is drinking wine, being among friends, listening to music, and constantly having a smile on my face. That's why I'm excited to tell you about LA Wine Fest. The 17th annual LA Wine Fest presented by Hotel Maya, Water's Edge Winery, and Welks Resorts heads to Long Beach June 4th and 5th at Harry Bridges Memorial Park. Enjoy unlimited wine tastings for more than 50 award-winning wineries from around the globe, plus craft brews, hard ciders, and more. The Waterfront Park location provides a perfect space to taste wine, where live music, fun, and wine education all come together for a glorious two days. For tickets and more information, you can go to lawinefest.com. I know that I'm going to go there and enjoy the heck out of it. I recommend you do the same. And once again, for tickets and information, that's lawinefest.com. I don't know about you, but 2020 had me re-looking at how I live and the space that I live in. Spending so much time at home really had me reevaluating how certain things worked and didn't in my living space. One of the main things, as an avid home cook and an obvious supporter of restaurants, was gardening. 
Anybody who enjoys food at all will be able to tell you that something you've grown yourself will taste infinitely better than anything you can buy at a store. That's where Ashley Irene of Heirloom Potager comes in. Heirloom Potager designs, installs, and maintains seasonal culinary gardens for chefs and foodies in Orange County. They provide organic gardening methods and bespoke build-outs used to preserve the heirloom varietals that they'll provide for seeds. An approachable and exciting endeavor, no matter if you're a seasoned restaurateur or a stay-at-home chef, owner Ashley Irene's experience, expertise, and enthusiasm is only matched by her professionalism. For more information on how you can set up a consultation to get your own culinary garden space set up, go to heirloompotager.com. That's heirloom, H-E-I-R-L-O-O-M, potager, P-O-T-A-G-E-R.com today. Once again, that's heirloom potager. If you listen to the best seats at all or read the content, then you know the motto, live well and often. But what does it mean? In layman's terms, It's trying to give you the best products, places, experiences, and more, so you can put a big smile on your face every single day. Amass Botanics is what I use on my back bar constantly if I need a cocktail or a quick pick-me-up. Any of their other botanical products, like candles, hand sanitizer, and more, also helps to set the mood. Now, I'm a big fan of everything that Amass does. I have been since day one when they launched their trademark gin, and everything they've done since then has been nothing short of excellent. Now you can get your hands on their products at a discounted rate by going to amass.com and using the discount code THEBESTSEATS15, that's C-E-A-T-S, at checkout. Now it's limited one per customer, so make sure you load up. But trust me, you can't go wrong with anything they're doing. I stand by Amass 100%. They're one of my go-to brands for spirits needs or anything around the house. So again, Go to amass.com, that's A-M-A-S-S, and use the code THEBESTSEATS15 at checkout. Trust me, you will not be disappointed. Type 100%. Well, yeah. I, I, I want to talk about the wines themselves. Kind of, Can you walk us through the portfolios a little bit of Lloyd and Prescription? Oh, absolutely. Well, Lloyd Zellers is, uh, you know, what built the house. It was yep. the Lloyd uh, Carnero Chardonnay. And... Um, we source from three different vineyards from San Giacomo vineyards. And, um, and that's such a wonderfully complex wine. Um, and then another thing, uh, again, getting back to the Rob makes the wines for Jessup Cellars and uh, handwritten wines. He makes a Chardonnay from true Chard vineyard, uh, in, in Napa Carneros, mm-hmm. San Giacomo is Sonoma Carneros. Uh, and what he does, he actually, he leaves, uh, you know, some of the chicks and hens, he doesn't drop them all. And he, and, he, and those are the underdeveloped bunches. Yep. It, they don't have a lot of fruit, but they're loaded with acidity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I know. I'm afraid someone listening is right now. It's like, what do you mean he does with the chickens? No, no, no. It's, it's the bunches. We're good. <laughs> yeah, I forget the name. The, the French have a, a beautiful, you know. Uh, an actual fancy name for it. An yeah. actual fancy word for it. But we call them chicks and hens. Anyway, he presses those off and that also goes into the blend. And, um, and it just creates this just wonderfully, you know, balanced wine with wonderful acidity on the attack, followed by all of this luscious layered um, complexity of, of Chardonnay fruit. Mm-hmm. And um, 
the problem with that wine is when you open a bottle, all of a sudden you turn around and it is finished and you got to open a second one. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I, I share that affliction, so I, I can identify with that. Yeah. Well, you know, it's uh, you're sitting around watching a movie with your wife and, you know, yeah, you have two glasses and it's like, I just need like maybe a, one more dash. <laughs> and then we have um, our Lloyd Sellers, uh, Santa Rita Hills Pinot Noir. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and that comes from the Lavinia vineyard. Um, and, uh, Rob loves the fruit from down there. Uh, and, uh, so we, we basically pick it like four in the morning. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. To keep so the grapes are cool and they immediately go on uh, refrigerated truck and are shipped up here to our production facility in Napa. So, um, I love love that wine. And Rob does like a, a, a little bit of a bigger Pinot. He doesn't, he's not, he's not into the, uh, the see-through Pinots, yep, which a lot of people fair. love. I love those too. Um, but he, the, the complexity of that wine is, is really, really beautiful. And then on to, um, prescription vineyards. Uh, we actually, uh, source that from Reamer farms in Clarksburg. Okay. Yeah. Which is out by the Delta. Um, and, um, the amazing thing about that, that vineyard and, and also Rob's been working with James Reamer out there for over 10 years. So what happens is, is the cool air from the San Pablo Bay comes up the Sacramento river. And then, uh, the vineyard is located right at a bend in the river Mm -hmm. and it is actually at an elevation below the Sacramento river. So when that cool air comes up, it, it hits that bend. And then what does cool air do? It settles. And so it settles into that vineyard. So we're able to source really fantastic Chardonnay uh, from that area. And so it's kind of this, and, and also James Reamer is an amazing uh, grower. Uh, he knows how to handle the fruit. And, um, so th- that allows us to have an absolutely fabulous Chardonnay, definitely Rob style. And, uh, but we can offer that for, you know, the retail is $20 a bottle. That's, the Lloyd Chardonnay is yeah. 40. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the Lloyd Pinot Noir is 50. And, um, and they're still, I think all really wonderful values uh, for what, you know, what we're competing against. And yeah. then uh, finally we make a, a small amount of, again, the Alexander Valley Cabernet Sauvignon it's mountain fruit. And, um, and that's $30 a bottle. And um, yeah, it's, that's it. We have a very focused portfolio. We have those four wines and um, that's hyper focused. Yeah. I mean, that's prescri- prescriptions really taking off. People I can believe are, it. Yeah. And, uh, um, it's, uh, it's so delicious. And again, it's that thing where his, his Chardonnays have this wonderful acidity. So you almost get like a refreshing, uh, zing, like a Sauvignon Blanc. Mm -hmm. And then it just, all that luscious fruit just follows that. Um, so it's, uh, it's, it's just such a satisfying sip. (laughs) I mean, well, and that's what I love is you guys have a very focused portfolio. This is not a massive amount of cases. I mean, how many cases, give or take, is each of the brands doing? Just kind of ballpark. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, it varies according to vintage, yeah. but, you know, um, yeah, Lloyd Chardonnay is probably around 13, and um, and then uh, prescription kind of moves between 8 and 10. And um, How do you balance what you're able to produce with the scale of some of these satellite events? I mean, because these are the type of events you're describing that – I mean, th- this is the type of stuff you expect to see the real kind of big players put on. I mean, these these are not, you know, minor things. How do you balance your allocations, basically? Um, well, we are we are set up to grow. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and, and Rob is very good at knowing how to do that. Um, and he's done it before. And, uh, and he's scaled other brands and, uh, and I think part of the reasons why he's so good at this is because he also got his degree in economics before he got his, his degree in enology. <laughs> so, um, I've definitely worked in the past with plenty of winemakers who really didn't have that kind of sensibility yeah. and, and understanding of economics and scaling. And, uh, and Rob does that, um, and so he's really good at scaling up a brand carefully, methodically, and not losing control of quality. And, um, and definitely we're, we're on a focus with, uh, with prescription vineyards uh, to, to, to grow the brand over the next few years and um, maintain quality and do some really exciting things uh, with, with the label. As far as distribution goes, are you working on, I mean, I mean, obviously the events are their own separate animal. Do you guys also worry about doing kind of like on-prem visits? Are you trying to get restaurant retail? Is it just kind of wine club? What customer base are you kind of focused on to help kind of facilitate that scale? Yeah. Um, one of, uh, you know, uh, Lloyd, the Lloyd Chardonnay is, is always had a nice, uh, um, on premise, mm-hmm. uh, thing, uh, that took a little bit of a hit during the pandemic. Um, but that, that wine actually really sells out every year. So, um, we've actually kind of already caught back up. Oh, good. And yeah. So, uh, luckily, um, we also have like, you know, we don't have, we don't, operate a big wine club, but we have, a, we have a solid dedicated fan base and, uh, they they tend to be pretty passionate about the wine and, uh, they buy by the case. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. That makes sense. And yeah. But one of the things that we love about the prescription vineyard Chardonnay is that, um, it's under screw cap. Mm-hmm. But the other thing that Rob does is he does really long cold ferments that, um, inspire natural co2 um which is it actually acts as a as a preservative um so and actually rob and all of his wines has really low sulfur use and uh but the great thing about the the prescription chardonnay is because of that natural co2 um it lasts in the bottle. So if you're, uh, we definitely are out making the, I mean, like Tampa Bay restaurant week, mm-hmm. you know, that's a big, a big part of that is getting on the prefix menus, uh, getting the, you know, people to sample us and try us, but it's really great for the restaurants Yeah, because there's nothing worse than opening up a, you know, 
a, a bottle of Chardonnay and pouring two glasses. And then the next day by the evening, it's actually not really good anymore. No, at that point you're pushing vinegar or yeah. <laughs> yeah. But ours, I swear to God, I just, my wife and I, um, we had a glass of wine before we left for a trip to Hawaii in January mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, closed up the screw cap and put it in the fridge. And it was like, well, what a bummer that's going to go to waste. And we got back a week later and I opened it up and it was fine. Um, it, it's, it's, it'll definitely last easily two days and definitely it really, if it's handled right, uh, it's going to go three days. That's and excellent. I've have, I've even had the experience with our, with the wine of going, longer. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that that makes it a really compelling wine for wine by the glass. Um, and that gets us that sampling and, um, uh, yeah. And, and we do have a, we, we do have a nice retail presence, uh, in, in certain States. And, um, <clears throat> well, I was going to yeah, say it's... with the way that States kind of opened, um, different governors doing different things, uh, you know, based on it, just kind of different politics and things like that with different States opening and you guys being able to do some of these satellite events in different places. Did that change any of your kind of outcome of like, Whoa, now all of a sudden we're really big in this market or now we're really big in this market when maybe you thought it was going to be a slower burn. Did COVID, I guess basically kind of what I'm asking is did different States opening at different times because of COVID shift your kind of market focus a little bit? Um, a little bit. I mean, it, obviously everybody honestly, wants to be everywhere. I mean, it, it, that's the ultimate goal, right? To grow the business and to get it as many in front of as many eyes as possible. But was there any indication that you're like, whoa, okay, now we're doing a lot more in Texas than we thought, or now we're in Florida a little bit faster than maybe we prepared? Um, well, I have to say that um, we, like in Texas, when we did Austin Food and Wine Festival, mm-hmm. um, we, we were already, we had a nice presence in an upscale, uh, um, grocery market. Mm -hmm. And, um, and definitely after Austin food and wine, our events there last fall, um, we, we, within that, cause again, you know, we're tight house laws. I, I'm mentioning specific retailers is something that, you know, we try and yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but yeah, our sales surged and, um, and also we have, and then just looking at, um, you know, the analytics that are out there and stuff, Mm -hmm. um, we saw a nice surge, uh, around Miami, uh, after, uh, uh, South beach. And, um, and we're seeing that when we go in market and once people taste our wines, they go out and buy it. And the nice thing is, is where we're doing this is, you know, I've been involved with brands before who were doing launches, uh, but they really didn't have their retail presence established. Um, you can kind of fall on deaf ears, you know? Yeah. Um, but, but we have a, we have a decent footprint. We're in about 20 States and, uh, with prescription and more with Lloyd, um, because we also have a, a really nice, um, relationship with a national retailer. And, um, so people are actually able to go out after they taste our wine and find it. Um, we have a store locator on our website. So the nice thing is, is that, uh, any time 
anybody is coming to our events and all, you know, I've got a QR code. They scan it. It goes to our store locator. You put in your zip code and you find out where you can get us. Immediately check it. Yeah. I, yeah. I want to bring it. I want to bring it back kind of, again, we're recording this early April, depending on when people are listening to it, maybe a little bit later in the year. Hopefully they listen to it right away. But again, it's got a little bit of evergreen on it. As far as California goes and kind of specifically Southern California, are there any events that you guys are going to be pouring at or any satellite events that you have planned for later in the year as far as kind of this region goes so that people who may be listening to this one locally can find you guys? Oh, absolutely. Um, and we're really excited to be uh, a, a, a sponsor uh, of the California Wine Festivals. Mm -hmm. um, and so uh, let's see, on the, uh, the 22nd, 23rd of this month, yeah. we're going to be at the California Wine Festival, Dana Point. And we're going to be there for the on the 22nd. It's the Sunset Rare and Reserve Tasting. Uh, and that's going to be uh, at the Ritz-Carlton. Uh, we're super excited about that. And then the next day, they have their Beachside Wine Festival at Sea Terrace Park overlooking the, the ocean. Yeah. And uh, that's always a really because, nice one. Yeah. And we, you know, we love to support the arts and that's a big part of, of, of what we do. Um, we are the stage sponsors, uh, for that event. And, uh, so we're excited about that. And then we're going to do a California wine festival. Let's see, the date is, um, uh, the 20th and, uh, of May, May 20th and 21st, we're doing California wine festival, Carlsbad. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we'll be down there again in July for, um, let's see, for the California Wine Festival Santa Barbara. And so that's going to be uh, July 15th and 16th. So we hope everybody down in SoCal will come out and see us. And uh, we, uh, yeah, we've got, if you go to uh, actually, uh, you know, lloydsellers.com slash events, mm -hmm. Uh, we have a, we just built out a new events calendar. Cause oh, awesome. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause just to organize it all, you know, and, and share with people and um, the Santa, I'm, I'm excited about Santa Barbara and, uh, but we're also doing some really cool things like, um, you know, uh, in, in North Carolina, we're sponsoring uh, Hispanic heritage month That's awesome. and we have multiple events going down there and, we're working with this fabulous uh, two-time Grammy award-winning uh, um, Latin artist, uh, Marlo Rosado, and uh, he's great. And so we're uh, sponsoring one of his shows for, for that. And then, uh, and actually when we come, we come down to, uh, um, well, we're, co we're going back to um, Miami later in the year and, uh, oh, I'm coming down for Kashon 555 Heritage Fire. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, in Miami. We did that event last year. It was fantastic. Um, but we're all, so uh, we're, we're doing that event, but we're also going to do a show with Marlo uh, down in Little Havana. And it's going to be at uh, Cuba Ocho. And that's when he's going to, I mean, this guy and his band blister the room with his salsa music. This, these guys are smoking hot. Um, but we're also working with uh, uh, another Latin artist uh, who's, who's uh, more of a crossover kind of, uh, of Latin rock mm -hmm. um, uh, pop. His name is Isra. And uh, he's fabulous. So we're doing, we're doing some shows with him. So 
there's a, there's a lot of really, really cool stuff going on. And we're going to be going to Chicago too. And, um, and then we just, uh, there's a new uh, festival in Arizona called the pure imagination festival. Yeah. I've heard of this one. uh, Yeah. That's, that's actually happening next month. And, uh, it's a real eclectic mix and it's going to be up in the mountain region. And, uh, it's, uh, it's going to be at Pre- in Prescott, Arizona at Watson Lake and, uh, Dawes, uh, Talib, Winona Judd. It's a, it's a super eclectic mix. And we're going to be there at the VIP and the VIP area is pouring uh, prescription Chardonnay because it's going to go beautifully with a, with a warm Arizona spring day. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, Joel, I want to start to wrap this one up. I am going to bring you back for a post show because I have a couple other questions, especially about kind of the music and the festivals again, um, and some of the activations, but if people wanted to learn more about Lloyd sellers, website, social media, things like that, and prescription as well, where can people kind of go to do that digitally? Obviously we talked about the events, but if people just wanted to get kind of some more general information, where can folks do that? Yeah, just go to lloydsellers.com and, uh, or prescriptionvineyards.com. Uh, there's some crossovers between the sites. Uh, they share the same calendar because some events were doing one brand or both brands mm-hmm. either, or it's a mix up depending on the States. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's the best place to find us. And then you can, uh, we have a pretty robust, uh, Instagram, uh, presence for both labels. And, uh, so those are fun and you can always find out about our events there too. But, uh, yeah, we hope you'll come check us out. We hope you'll come out and taste and, and discover our wines if you haven't tasted them. And, uh, we just want to see and say hello and toast with a smile and say, wow, we're out (laughs) at events enjoying wine and music and living life again. (laughs) It's not the worst. And I know for a fact that this episode will be releasing, um, just before the Dana Point Wine Festival. So if anybody is listening right before that, go out. It's a very, very, very fun one. It's one that I hopefully will be going back to this year. It is never a bad time. So if anybody locally is listening and has not been to that one, go. You will have a good time. Awesome. Well, Joe, like I said, I'm going to bring you back for a quick post show just for Patreon subscribers. Thank you so much for the time, though, on this one. Um, I love what you guys are doing, the satellite activations, all of it. Very, very, very fun stuff. And I can only imagine after joining with them in 2020 how good this feels to be back out really, really, (laughs) really being at these events. Yep, it does. Awesome. Thank you very much. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much to Joel for taking the time to hop on that Zoom call. I hope that everybody enjoyed it. Thank you so much to everybody that listens everywhere on free feeds, sharing it on social, etc. Thank you, as always, to Ali Coyle for the music. Thank you to everybody who supports on Patreon. Thank you to the advertising partners as well. And if you are listening to this before Dana Point Wine Fest has happened, before any of those kind of wine festivals that he mentioned are going on, grab tickets, go, enjoy. They are great times. You'll be able to taste the wines, kind of experience what they're all about, and you will have a good time. I promise you that. Enjoy. I'll see you soon. The Best Seats Podcast is an original production of The Best Seats. It is written, edited, produced, and owned by myself, Crawford McCarthy, founder and principal of The Best Seats. It's based in Orange County, California. It is subsidized through generous monthly donations at patreon.com forward slash The Best Seats. The following are the names of those who subscribed at the highest monthly tier, aka norm status, and allow me to continue producing this show each and every month. As a thank you for their continued support, here are the names. Cheryl McCarthy, Serena Warino, George Pavlov, Eric Lutz, Paige Reardon, Loco Lipo, Tim Falk, Marito Norito, Sarah Hines, Subtle Bubbles, Jay Baker, 
Tim Swine, John Sanchez. Thank you for your support.